Hi, everyone on the live stream. <laughs> I think last week I shared that we have a cockroach problem, and now I've said we've run out of toilet paper, so there you go. Um, but if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we're in the middle of a message series um, called What Would Jesus Undo? So many of us for so many years wore or saw those bra bracelets, the WWJD bracelets, What Would Jesus Do to Help Us Make a Decision in Times of a Hard Time? What Would Jesus Do in This Situation? It's been helpful for many. But actually, when I read the Bible, when I read the Gospels, I see so many things that Jesus gets cranky about, that Jesus gets angry about even. What would Jesus undo is the question that we're asking in these last few weeks. And um, a couple of weeks ago, Phil um, shared about indifference. Jesus would undo indifference, that lukewarm spirit that we so often have. And last week, I talked about um, hollow worship and um, you're welcome to tune back into those messages that are up there if you'd like to catch up. And yes, you've got me again today because Phil's doing the next two weeks, so I'm here two weeks in a row. Um, and we're answering the question today, what would Jesus undo with saying he would undo hypocrisy? Hypocrisy. That, that behaviour or attitude that he absolutely despised. He talked about it regularly in Scripture. We read, read one passage earlier where he just says it over and over again, that word, and we're going to look at that passage in another one in this service. But he, he despised hypocrisy, those who said they would live one way and yet lived another. And I think, in my opinion, this subject has a little bit been minimised by the church. In fact, probably especially by pastors, to be honest. There's that old pastoral joke, you would have heard it. Most common reason people say, or Christians who leave the church say, the reason they don't attend church is because it's full of hypocrites. And pastors are supposed to exactly what Phil just said, pastors respond, yes, and there's always room for one more. That's, you know, that standard joke. And while it's funny because it's actually true, so many of us do live hypocritical, I think it actually minimises um, it, minimizes it. It almost excuses it or it says it's okay. And while, yes, we may be prone to it and while, yes, we are probably at some stage all hypocritical in the way we act, let's not excuse it by saying that that's what everyone is in the church. Hypocrisy is common in the church, don't get me wrong, it really is everywhere, but it doesn't sit good with Jesus and it's something we need to check in on regularly in our own lives. I like what the author and theologian Brendan Manning said about hypocrisy. And for those of you who are about my age, it was quoted in an old DC talk. What if I song? What if I stumble? Does anyone remember that? Yep. About my age. What if I stumble? What if I fall? And these words, almost like it's probably, it would be called these days, a spoken word in the background of this song. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. When we say one thing, but we live another way. What would Jesus undo? He would definitely undo hypocrisy. So what is it? What is hypocrisy? Phil, do you mind just passing me that water that's down there? I had it out all ready to go. Thank you. You're good. What is hypocrisy? Well, sometimes I think it's really important to say what something is not so we don't get confused this morning. And so let me start with that. Hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we did. It's not the disparity between what we do and what we're striving to be. It's not the difference between how you behave and how you want to behave. Like, I wish I didn't have bad thoughts, but sometimes I do. Like, I wish I didn't say that 
but I do sometimes. I try to obey God, but I seem to keep on stuffing up. What's that? That's not hypocrisy. That's life. That's the life of sinners. That's sin. But hypocrisy, hypocrisy is different. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we say we are. It's the difference between what we say we are and how we live. It's the difference between our public lifestyle, our public persona, if you like, and our private character. So what would Jesus undo? Yes, he would like to undo sin, but Jesus came for us as sinners. But he certainly would undo the show when the real life isn't consistent with what we show. In fact, whenever Jesus would speak about hypocrisy, there was the Greek word that he used, that Greek word for hypocrisy, which is the word hypocritus, hypocritus, which sounds a bit like hypocrite. And in the old Greek, it was simply the word used for an actor. But by the first century when Jesus was using this word, it was really a term that come to mean those who play a role or those who see the world as their stage. I'm sure most of us have heard that line, often quoted from Shakespeare in As You Like It, all the world's a stage, all the men and women are merely players. Let not that be ever said about us Christians. It seems to be a bit of a timeless concept though, doesn't it? Hypocrites made a religious performance that was intended to puff themselves up, make themselves be noticed, while their motives behind their good deeds were corrupt because they weren't done to bring glory to God but to themselves. And that is what Jesus hated. It was when from the outside they would show one thing and yet in the inside there was very, very different motives, something different going on. We're going to come back to our Matthew 6 reading in a moment, so I encourage you to have that on your device or on your, in your Bibles if you've got it. But later on, you can see that Jesus didn't give up on this. In Matthew 23, 27 to 28, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs who look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. In verse 33, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how you escape being condemned to hell. This really riled Jesus up, this hypocrisy. And what's so interesting to me is Jesus didn't say, woe to you who say bad words, woe to you who do bad things, woe to you who watch bad shows on Netflix sometimes, woe to you who swear, woe to you who let substances, drugs, food, pornography, alcohol or anything control you. He said, woe to you who do it, but act like you don't. He said, woe to you who put on the show and pretend that you're not imperfect. What would Jesus undo? He would undo that spirit of fakeness, of hypocrisy, of trying to pretend that we're above others who sin. Now, if you're a little bit uncomfortable right now, as I've been the last week or so preparing that message, I think that's a good thing. I think that means we have some sort of self-awareness. I think that means that our hearts are soft enough, enough to allow God to talk to us. Because I think some of you, and, and in me is this tendency too, to think, oh, I'm so glad such and such is hearing this. I'm going to send them this link. Because, you know, hypocrisy is really difficult to see in ourselves, but it's so, so easy to see in other people. But I reckon today we can be open to what the Spirit of God will show us each individually as to where we can be a little bit more open with God and with the world about who we truly are. So Phil already read today from Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn that up, as I said, 
We see in the first couple of verses, Jesus warns the people. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. Then in verse 5, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. In verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. So this crowd that Jesus was addressing, he, he was giving them examples of life where they were prone to do one thing, but actually say another or actually feel another way. Their motives weren't right. When they gave to the needy, when they prayed, when they fasted, the motive actually mattered. And I, I hope you know that in this passage, the expectation is as God's people that we do these things, that we participate in these practices but today, I don't want to so much draw our attention on that, those practices, although we have before and we will again. But the, the repeated message in this is the instruction of all three. Don't do things to be seen. Don't be an actor. Don't wear a mask. But be subtle to please your Father in heaven. Jesus said, anytime you're giving to be seen, hey, I'm going to be generous, but I want everyone to know how generous I am, that's hypocrisy. Whenever you're praying to be heard, the Pharisees would literally stand on street corners and say their prayers out loud for the world to hear. They were putting on this outward show to impress other people. Jesus said that's completely hypocrisy. And it's hypocrisy, he said, when you fast to be noticed. Oh, I'm so holy. Oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm denying myself physical food so I can be close to God. But you tell the world about it. I want to be noticed. You know, I think there's a subtle temptation for us to do that, even this time of the year of Lent. And some of us, we, we think about self-denial and what, what, what we want to give up and what we can give up first to be able to give to others, but also so that we can be closer to God. What I find is quite interesting over this season is so many people like to tell you the things that they're fasting from, that they've given up. Post about it on social media. They like to talk about how sacrificial they're giving. We need to be careful because that might seem a little bit funny, but we need to be really careful that we're not crossing a line. Some people, the scripture notes, like to give with the announcement of trumpets. They give when they can be seen. They give to projects that are obvious, that they can put their name on. Others give anonymously, hidden, in secret. As scripture puts it, faithful, consistent, generous giving that is only seen by God. Now, both types of people are performing the same act, right? Everyone's giving, Surely that doesn't really matter how they're giving, but God says, yeah, motives matter. God is concerned with the heart, the motivation behind a person's deed as much as the deeds themselves. And Jesus, in this passage in Matthew 6, he says regularly, truly I tell you, in these hypocritical people, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. They've been noticed. When people give or pray or fast or do anything to be seen, their reward is given by human beings. Just as an actor on a stage gets an applause, they might feel good for a moment, but the reward is being given by other people. Jesus isn't suggesting that we don't do good things. In fact, he says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, it's assumed that we will. But he is telling us to make sure they don't become a performance in our lives. When we're getting the applause of the crowd, we're missing the audience of who we're supposed to be doing these things for. You know, the great thing about this passage is that Jesus doesn't leave us without instruction on how to do this well. He tells us how to do it well because it's a tricky area for all of us. In each example here, he tells us 
do it subtly. He says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing in regards to your giving. Don't disfigure your faces when you're fasting. Don't stand on a street corner when you're praying. The intent must be to glorify God, not bring glory to ourselves. We make ourselves less in order that God be known and God be seen. Performances may get applause, but God-glorifying actions are awarded by the Father. They are the actions that please God. And so here we see the hope for the hypocrite in all of us. Matthew, which I read earlier, Matthew 23, in Matthew's Gospel, he says, blind Pharisee, he gives the instruction of what to do. First, clean the inside of the cup and the dish, then the outside will be clean. First, let the Spirit of God do a work internally where no one else sees it. When internally you're being conformed to the image of God, when the Spirit of God is working within you, when God's Word is transforming your inside, who you are, then out of that, out of the overflow of that, you will display the goodness of God as a reflection of His work, not of yours. Don't act as a fool to people. Or don't act to try to fool people, more is what I'm trying to say. Be real. I was thinking this week that I would much rather be an honest sinner than a lying and deceptive hypocrite. I stand before you today as an honest sinner. I don't get it right all the time. I do things wrong. I make wrong calls. I'm selfish. I'm prideful. But may I ever, and may you join me in ever, kneeling down before God at the end of the day, asking him to reveal that and to show us how we can do things better to change our inside. Jesus had zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but he had unlimited grace for those who acknowledged they were sinners in need of forgiveness. Unlimited grace. Jesus couldn't stomach the show, but when anyone who's hurting dropped their mask, says, forgive me, heal me, redeem me, save me, change me, his answer was and is always yes. Because he didn't come for those who appear righteous, he said. He came for those in need of a saviour. He came for sinners. He didn't come for those who were healthy on the outside. He came because of those who knew that were sick. He had no tolerance for the show, but unlimited grace for those in need of it. You know, many of you are in life groups, and, and if you're not, I would just use this opportunity to encourage you again what a great place life groups are to be real and to share wholeheartedly about who you are and what you're struggling with. If you're not in a life group, find one or two people and form one. It doesn't take a massive group. This is a perfect place to be real, to step by faith into a community where you're willing to be a little bit honest, where you say we're not perfect people, we don't live a perfect life, we're trying to please God, but we know we're sinners, we're strugglers, we've messed up, we fall short. We're inconsistent, we're afraid sometimes. We want one thing and we do something else. We don't want to have those thoughts, but we do. We don't want to go back to that old life, but sometimes we do. But how powerful it is when we come together, the Bible says, and we confess our struggles and we acknowledge our sinfulness before God. We tell the truth and in that moment understand that the truth really does set us free. David prayed this prayer in Psalm 139. And I would ask you, as Anne comes, we're going to sing a song in a moment, but I want to reflect on these words straight from Scripture for a moment first. The Scripture in Psalm 139 says, Search me. This is David. 
he stuffed up all the time. I love that we see that. We see David Warts and all. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me, anything at all, anything that's a bit different on the inside to the outside, anything, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, search me. We're going to sing a beautiful song. The words may be old and I had to think twice about what some of these lines mean, but this morning I invite us just to have this time to wrestle with these words and to ask if God wants to speak to us and say anything to us this morning. The words say, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mould me and make me after thy will. Make me into what you want me to be while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Search me, tell me where there's inconsistencies. Verse 3 says, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold all my being absolute sway. In other words, let your will control my life. Let it be all about you and not about making myself look good. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only always living in me. Is that your prayer? It's my prayer that when people look at me, they don't see an act They don't see a mask. They don't see a show. They don't even really see me, but they see Jesus. What beautiful words this songwriter wrote, and we can use them today to reflect. So if you'd like to sing, sing. If you'd like to just look at the words, do that as Anne plays.